0: Welcome to the Fifth Estate. They bring you the story. We bring you the truth. The Fifth Estate is the news behind the headlines, holding those in power in check. And now, with the real story, here's Cameron Blewett. Good evening, Victoria, and thank you for joining me here on What's This? Episode 77 of the Fifth Estate podcast. What am I going to kick it off with? Let's have a bit of a rant about the budget. Uh, Seeing as the uh, Albanese government's handed down their budget today, um, I think that we're going to be in for a world of hurt over the next couple of years. Um, it's, yeah, it, it's, I, I'm, yeah. What do you say? I mean, they're always going to spend money. Labor governments always do. Um, And, you know, we, the, the taxpayer, the ones who foot the bill for it, uh, as with all socialist governments, you know, th- there's a point where they start running out of money, uh, other people's money, and I think we're re- reaching that phase now. Uh, Inflation is going to go through the roof. Everything is going to skyrocket. And... Yeah, so, you know, when he's broken his, he, another one of his uh, election promises where he promised that he was going to reduce cost of living uh, expenses and all that sort of stuff. So, you anyway, uh, know, here's one that I thought I'd start off with. Uh, it's from the Daily Mail. Uh, it says, uh, budget papers have expressed support for multi-employer bargaining system. Um, now... What do you make of it? Now, the, this is something the unions have been pushing for ages because they claim that uh, enterprise bargaining is is dead. Uh, honestly, I think it's because they've killed it. Whereas, uh, and, you know, with them having to bargain individually with each employer, it makes things harder for them because they have to spend more more time doing it. Uh, you know, going to one employer, to, you know, pushing for this, and they normally start off with the weakest employer. In you know, if there's a particular sector, they start off with the weakest employer uh, or the one who's most compliant to their demands. Uh, use that one, and then sort of progress from there onto obviously the, the next weakest one, and then you know, if there's you know, let's say you know four. Uh, big employers in a particular industry, they'll start with the biggest one, then go to the next one and then by that time, you know, they've got 50% so then they'll just go to the, the last two and just say, listen, this is what these other two have signed up for, this is what your, you know, your employees want, our members want and then just bully the organisations into doing it. If you don't give us this, well, we're going to go out and strike, we're going to get take protected industrial action and then these employees have no other choice other than to do it. Uh, yes, you know, they could... Uh, Refuse to, you know, uh, toe the line uh, and say, no, you know, we're not going to do that. But, you know, it comes down to strikes, um, protected industrial action. Yes, the business can take their own version and lockouts uh, and things like that. Though, with a uh, corrupt corporate press, that's never going to work in the employer's favour. It's always going to work in the union's favour. And they know that, so then they use that as their bargaining chip. Um, speaking from experience from a previous industry that I worked in, uh, that they do target a particular, uh, the, the weakest one, and then use that as a, as a blueprint for the other ones and everything like that. So, um, you know, I think this is going to send a lot of businesses to the wall. Um, it's going to send a lot of the small and medium enterprises to the wall. Uh, and like everything else that, uh, you know, these governments, you know, the, the government and uh these um groups do it's only going to you know benefit the big players so you know I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see you know agreements uh you know starting off in you know it's potentially probably going to be construction um you know i wouldn't be surprised if we're going to see one in retail where the likes of uh woolies and Coles get together and and this is the other thing too is that these can be used as a way for these big players to push out competition because these big players, so let's take, for example, and, and this is a purely hypothetical one at the moment, uh, hopefully it doesn't come true, though we're going to use this as a, uh, you know, let's say a, as a hypothetical example of, of, of how this could end up uh, having a negative impact on, uh, on, on business and, you know, and the economy and workers in general. So... We've got Coles and Woolies. So we know that they're the two big uh, players in the retail game. Uh, they want to do industry industry wide. So, you know, would Coles and Woolies get together and then would they, um, you know, would they push one of the uh, bigger independents? Let's say it's called, um, you know, um, Acme IGA for, you know, for want of a better term. They're, you know, they're a big employer in, uh, let's say, um, Southeast. Region of Victoria Let's just pick that area So there's a couple of stores there You know They're viewed as a big player Because they have um, You know A a number of stores there So Woolies and Coles Will get together and say Hey We're going to offer our staff For argument's sake $29 an hour and Acme IGA says, you know what, we can't afford that, we only offer our staff $26 an hour because that's all we can pay because we've got higher overheads, we don't have the bargaining, you know, the buying power that Coles and Woolies do, et cetera, et cetera, and, you know, don't have the major market share. Because of uh, the way the uh, multi-employer bargaining is going to work, then it's just going to be the thing is that, hey, you know what, those two are doing it. So, you know, Acme IGA has no other choice than to agree to it. So the result in that is the prices are going to go up even more. And we know the consumer knows that uh things in an IGA normally do cost more than your local woolly store, obviously because uh Metcash uh, and depending on how they buy doesn't have the buying power uh that woolies and Coles has, obviously, because they don't have the market share. So, you know, and then that pushes that up. So then, you know, after a period of time, Acme IGA can't afford those rates, um, had to, you know, reduce staff to try and, you know, break even or or make some sort of uh, profit that makes it worthwhile doing it. And then after a period of time with prices going up, they can't afford it. So I just say, oh, you know what, we've got to close up shop. So then they close and then the, let's say, 40 staff there, Um, actually, no, if they've got multiple stores, let's say they've got 150 staff members over a couple of different stores, then where are they going to go? You know, the the chain closes, collapses, falls over and says, no, they close up shop. Where are those 150 staff going to go? You know, you'd say, oh, you know, that'll be all right because Woolies and Coles will jump in and take it, take over. But they wouldn't because they have their own formats on how they want their stores. They have their own uh, metrics on what demographics and how much, Uh, how many head, you know, what the population count needs to be in particular areas before they'll open up another store. So, you know what, and then the other thing with that is that it will uh, reduce competition. Uh, And one thing that I do want to make clear with this is that there is already scope within the the current iteration of the Fair Work Act for there to be a multiple multi-enterprise enterprise agreement, so a multiple employer enterprise agreement. Uh, for that one now the drawback of the way that it is at the current moment under the current rules which I have a feeling is that they're going to change is that a uh, multi-enterprise agreement uh, has restrictions on protected industrial action so if you're a signatory to a multi-enterprise you know like multiple location or multiple employers then the uh, workers and the uh, industry, uh, sorry, the employee representatives can't take protected, protected industrial action. Now, whether that's going to imply with the same uh, potential changes to the Fair Work Act, who knows? Though I have a feeling that if it's being pushed by the unions and supported by the ACTU, that there will be a capacity in there for uh, these unions to go out and strike because this is how they make their money. This is how they get these businesses over the barrel because they'll push in du- protected industrial action. All these threats go through the vote processes, yeah, we've got to do it, serve the notice, hey, we're going to take a protected industrial action at this particular time and then all of a sudden at the 11th hour, hey, due to some bargaining, we've reached it. we're not going to do it. So it's, it's, you know, just a a, a tactic that they use Uh, and I wish more people would wake up to it and just call their bluff on it. Um, and now, according to this Daily Mail article, uh, it says, Treasury said the new system could be used to resolve industrial disputes and hinted at a bigger role for trade unions, with wages growth expected to lag behind in- inflation until 2024. Uh, so, yeah, I am I, don't really think this is going to be good. Uh, yeah, so I think the only thing, <laughs> if you want your business to be protected, Push the go- the state government, especially from Victoria, to, to get out of the Fair Work Act. Just tell them to repeal the uh, legislation that shit ch- transferred uh, our Victoria's industrial relations to the Commonwealth. Uh, repeal that act. I can't quite remember which one it is because I think Kenneth did it way back when. So uh, not sure what the Victorian one's called, but that needs to be done. Um, and you know, having any sort of uh centralized power which is what's going to happen with uh industry groups uh unions and even uh you know the big plays in the industry it's not going to be good any good for uh workers it's not going to be any good for consumers uh and it's definitely not going to be good for the business owner so we'll just have to wait and see what happens um hopefully that uh they don't get support through the Senate, though. I have a feeling there will be there'll be some that will you know get bribed and be easily swayed uh, to doing that one. Now, the other thing I did want to mention out uh, was it? here we go. In another nod to unions, the government has abolished the ABCC, the Australian Building and Construction Commission, a body that previous coalition government created. This is expected to save 130 dollars from 2022 23 to 25 26 now let's remember that it was the abcc who took the cfmeu to court a number of times and the courts found that they had breached uh the the building code and the fair work act and found that the cfme cfmmeu because i think it was meu and then it converged on, Anyway. Or that, uh, was the most recidivist uh, union that is on their books and that they considered uh, court penalties to be part of doing business. So it's the thing is that whether you like it or not, the ABCC was making an attempt to, uh, let's say, keep the bastards honest. Now that they're gone, what is going to happen in the building industry? I don't know. Uh, I think we're going to see... Uh, costs inflated. Uh, there will be a massive, might be a trickle to start off with, but after a period of time, there's just going to be a sharp increase in costs for buildings, and, and we're talking about the big projects and everything like that, which is going to cost the taxpayer more money. Uh, you know, in the in the long run. So, yeah, this this isn't a worker employee, a worker friendly or employer friendly budget. I can tell you that much. Uh, it's just going to be out there to help the unions. Uh, now, one other thing that I did want to mention, it popped up in, uh, what was it? Herald Sun. Ah, uh, yeah, Herald Sun. Ah, uh, do, do 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 regional. Ah, uh, here we go, Ukraine. Uh, the government will deliver $213.3 million over five years to deliver additional, uh, assistance to Ukraine following the Russian invasion. This includes $185.6 million in military aid, such as a distribution of Bushmaster armoured vehicles. Labor's commitment builds on the $156.5 million that the coalition pledged for Ukraine in the March budget. Um, We can't afford it. So, I mean, as I've said before, we need to just be, whoever is listening to this needs to be writing to your local member, your your local federal member, and just saying, enough is enough. We do not support sending military arms or military resources to the Ukraine. And we should not be entering into this de facto war uh, with Russia and, you know, and, and let's make it clear, I'm not being pro-Russia here, I'm not being anti-Ukraine here, I'm just saying that Australia should not get involved in anything that is not our business and, you know, what is happening in Ukraine is not our business, uh, it's not NATO's business, and it's just a matter for the Ukraine and Russia to deal with and as I've said previously, is that if NATO had to turn around when um, Putin was talking about uh, the Ukraine not joining NATO, if NATO had to around then and said, hey, yeah, you know what, we're going to agree with that, we're not going to join in, they're not going to join us, we could have stopped all this stuff. But, you know, I have a big concern that they're leading us into World War Three. Uh, or some sort of uh, armed conflict, which is what they need because we all know that the Great Reset is around the corner, everything is there, they're just looking for that little button to push that is just going to say, yep, let's bring it in because obviously we've got central bank digital currency, I think that's going to be trialed soon if not already um, in, in, in Australia uh, we've shown the government that hey, we will accept the control or restrictions on our movements under certain circumstances. You know, vaccine passports proved it, that we want to be a consumerist. So we will just, there will be so many people that will just stick their hand out and say, yep, shower those vouchers on us. And, you know, this is the thing to to make it clear for those who, who may not certainly understand what a central bank digital currency is, it's not like the Aussie dollar where you can just go and spend it wherever you want. This is a, Digital voucher system. Now, don't let them fool you and say, "Oh, yeah, but it's not. It's it's an electronic Australian dollar. It's not. It's a voucher system. The government controls where you spend it. Your employer can control where you spend it, and they can decide how much you spend there. The banks will even decide how much you spend." uh There was a, a mention in a previous episode about the Commonwealth Bank bringing in their carbon tracker for uh, customers. That was a, a I think it was an opt-in one through their app so you can track, keep track of how much carbon you use. So it's going to be the thing is that, you know, they're going to track your carbon, uh, you know, obviously through petrol uh, fuel purchases, through food purchases, uh, through your heating and cooling in your home. There'll come a time where you go to fill up your car and they say, oh, sorry, this is rejected because you've exceeded your carbon quota for this month or this week come back again and what are you going to do? Or you, you know, you've let's say you've gone away for the weekend and so you've done a lot of K's in your car and, you know, you stocked up on a little bit of, you know, food for the barbie and all that sort of stuff beforehand, come a couple of days later to go shopping again, you're, uh, your card's rejected because you've exceeded your, uh, your quota on carbon because, you know, you brought a lot of food for the barbecue. Um, don't think that this isn't going to happen because it's going to happen and… Even going to the point where your employer can decide where you spend your money. So, let's say you work for um, Acme Widgets, and they've decided, you know what, we only want our our employees buying our widgets. So then they put a little control on the you know the money that they give you through this digital voucher system. That when you go shopping at one of the big supermarkets, that you can't buy you know Coyote Widgets. You can only buy Acme Widgets. So it's going to come time for you to go shopping and you're going to pay it and you get rejected because you've got Kodi Widgets in there when your employer has said, nope, you can only buy Acme Widgets. Um, And, yeah, so, you know, remember, this may seem like a conspiracy theory now, though the last two years have shown us repeatedly that the difference between a conspiracy theory and actual, you know, reality tends to be about six months. Uh, I'm thinking on this one, it may be... Potentially twelve months, though it is going to be uh, something that is happening sooner rather than later. Uh, so yeah, it's <sighs> keep an eye out, folks, on on that. Um, also, another thing, um, similar to uh, what's happening in the US with them employing what was it seventy eight thousand IRS agents, uh, Alba is going to hire another twelve hundred and forty eight tax office staff to help hoover up billions with compliance programs. So remember, this is going to be the thing. This is where the ATO will send you a letter saying, you owe us this money. And then what are you going to do? Are you going to fight it? Are you going to get audited? Or are you just going to say, yep, you know what, I'll pay it. Um, So yeah, it says, over the next four years, the Albanese government's tax compliance program will reap an extra $674 million in personal tax income revenue by cracking down on dodgy deductions and individuals underestimating their income. Um, so, yeah, the government is spending $80 million over two years on compliance programs plus another $200 million a year over four years on a specialist specialised tax avoidance task, task force, which it hopes will bring in billions in extra revenue, revenue from multinationals. Um, all that's going to do is just turn around and have them say, nope, we're going. Bye-bye. Uh, so, yeah. It's, yeah. This is it. They're coming for us and it's the thing is that, yeah, Um, mm -hmm. I really don't know what to say about that but, yeah, they're coming for us. They're going to steal our money to pay for their dreams and, for you know, even for for sending our money overseas to Ukraine and wherever else when, you know, they are going to steal for it. It's going to be – what is it? Taxation is is theft, but there was someone else that said I can't remember what it was. It, I think it was um, I can't remember how they described it because it's it's not theft. It's um, armed, no, it's not armed robbery. It's something else because you have to comply with it because the state has a monopoly on violence, and if you don't comply with them, then they, you know the state will commit an act of violence against you. Um, so it was um, I can't remember what term that they use, sir, but. You know, it'll probably come to me after I finish recording this uh, for that one. So, yeah, this is the thing. It's, yeah, we're screwed, folks. Um, I think that's the only way of saying it, um, you know, until we can kick these buggers out. Um, uh, What else is there about the budget? Anything else? Um. Australia's cost of living is set to worsen with power prices expected to surge by fifty four fifty six percent uh, and petrol and fuel costs to increase by double digit figures. <laughs> Shit. The highest inflation in thirty two years means Australian will see their wages continue to go backwards in real terms at least twenty twenty four as pay levels fail to keep pace with consumer ri- rising consumer prices and utility bills. Um I mean how do you say it? I mean, the, remember, the elite don't give a whoopty about us. Um, so, you know, they're protected. They're going to be covered by, uh, you know, the, the money that we, that they take from us um, for that one. So, yeah, but, it's coming, folks. I mean, um, it, it's going to be something that we do need to watch out for. Um, start being a bit more frugal with your spending now. Um. So yeah, it, it's yeah, it's coming, folks. Just do what you can to keep yourself safe and um, protect yourself as much as you can. Uh, so anyway, moving right along. Thanks to Daily Mail again. Uh, this came out yesterday. Uh, Outrage as United Nations shows up unannounced to um, shows up unannounced to Australia's prisons for uh, for random inspections. Go to Saudi Arabia and said, where well, they still put people to death for being gay. Now, um, I had a rant about this bill that the uh, supposed libertarian, liberal democrats supported that uh, a bill that was passed that allows the corrupt organisation, the United Nations, to come in and inspect uh, Victoria's prisons, detention centres, etc., etc. Uh, they tried to do it in New South Wales and Queensland and they both turned around and said, no, it doesn't mention whether they went to Victoria or not. Though I have a feeling that they'll wait until the legislation's in force and just say, "Hey, we're coming out. Let's have a look." Uh, so uh, the article says New South Wales officials blamed their federal counterparts for signing up to an optional protocol on of the Convention Against Torture, suggesting the UN should focus its attention on countries that haven't accepted the international agreement. Twelve uh, day tour was to continue on Thursday, so they've done a tour around from parts of the region um, but the UN pulled the plug after being denied access when they showed up at prison facilities in New South Wales and Queensland uh, doesn't say how big the delegation was uh, Australia signed the optional protocol to the Convention Against Torture under former Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull hey another thing we can be thankful for uh, and this was the first time since it was signed inspectors had visited Australia so they haven't visited us in what, five years yet they decided to come now Mm. Uh, And, of course, people are turning around saying, hey, if you've got nothing to hide, why don't you let them, you know, turn up. Um, I wonder what Australia... This is one of the comments. I wonder what Australia is hiding in his jails that he could not face an independent investigation. Uh, Defecting... I think deflecting onto other people is a tactic the accused use. Okay, Mr Knight Rider 1. Okay. Hey, Let's just go and open up your bank account. Let's just go and open up everything of yours um, because, hey, if you've got nothing to hide um, for that one. So as I've said, when the legislation was passed, it's a bad move. It's not something that we should be accepting and shame on the Liberal Democrats for part, you know, helping pass the bill uh, because, as I said, then it legitimizes the government's detention program and the Public Health and Wellbeing Act also legitimizes the prison system as it is and everything like that. And it's, you know, it, it's not something I thought libertarians would have been supporting. Uh, so, yes, let's wait and see what happens next year when they uh, decide to come out. Um, what else is hanging? Let me just have a drink of water here. Uh, Daily Mail has been a good source of material lately um, for that one. Now, another one from the Daily Mail. Uh, This, as I've mentioned before about how daft the HR industry is and and how I think it's just pointless. It's, yeah, they're, uh, I think they're creating work for themselves. They're creating, you know, the more that, HR does things, and more work that they create for, for themselves. So, you know, they're their own, what is it, self-propagating, whatever it is. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, and obviously, you know, the the die is under uh, HR, which is the diversity, inclusion and equity. Uh, but anyway, uh, this one comes into, uh, title on this is, Underpaid Employee reveals Her Plan to Complain to HR Because Her Manager Wears Designer Clothes While She Struggles to Hit Her Home. But Critics Say It Sounds Like Petty Jealousy uh mum's mother oh actually it's a bit misleading because when you have a look at the main headline it says woman sparks outrage after complaining to hr because her husband uh, her uh, manager wears designer clothes but it says here that they haven't done it the woman is considering going to hr because her boss wears designer outfits uh woman from the uk took to parenting forum mum's mum's net to garner options on a dilemma, revealing herself and her work colleagues believe their manager is rubbing her wealth in their faces amid the cost of living in crisis. Um, what do you make of that one? I mean, um, uh, what would HR department do? Uh, they'd obviously have to consider it. Would they tell her to harden up? I don't know, but it's it's one of those things that you do have to have to wonder. Um, so, yeah, it's, I don't know, man. I mean, it's it's baffling that this even made it as something that was written and people just didn't shut it down and just say, harden up, Uh, but anyway, um, it's going to be a period of time where that's going to be able to happen, uh, where you're going to upset someone somewhere because of the clothes that you're wearing um, and all that one. Now, speaking of upsetting people somewhere, uh, this is a bit of a, a sensitive one and all that so there's been a couple of articles lately about uh what would you say um neo-nazis and um what they call extreme right-wingers and and all that sort of stuff going on a uh targeting melbourne with possible recruitment drive now a couple of things now first of all to make it clear Those views have no place in this country. I want to make that abundantly clear. And, you know, don't come near me if you support that sort of stuff. Now, that being said, we supposedly live in a free country where there is a freedom of speech, etc., etc. So, if there is, and obviously the freedom of religion and all that sort of good stuff. Now, if there is, as I've said before, freedom of speech has to apply universally across everything and it just, everything has to be free speech because as soon as you start censoring it and limiting and restricting what is classed as free speech, then it is that slippery slope that we're on. So, you know, it's said that, oh, you know, but you can't yell fire in a crowded picture. Well, who says you can't? You know, the results of it may be, yes, you know, because you cause this, because you said that, but that doesn't mean to say that you can't say it, so you just need to be aware of that one. Whereas, you know, I, I th- honestly think, let these people have these violent, disgusting views. What, peop- uh, what everyone else needs to be doing is showing them in the nicest possible way why those views are wrong and then uh, getting those who are likely to be influenced by those espous- espousing, promoting those views why, you know, get involved with them, engage with them and show them why going down that path isn't necessarily the right thing to do uh, for that one. So, you know, we're we're seeing it everywhere. People are becoming disenfranchised, people are, uh, you know, they're they're losing hope, they're losing, um, you know, their, their sense of identity because of anything that you can think of that's going on, that's pushed by these totalitarian governments such as the Andrews regime that we live under in Victoria and... You know, is it any wonder that these things happen uh, because more and more people are feeling uh, left out, they're losing their identity when no, um, you know, males are being demasculinised. Um, I'll make that up as a word there uh, for that. So, you know, they, they people need a sense of belonging, uh, whether it's joining a, you know, a particular social club, uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that gives them some sort of uh, community and some sort of feeling and some sort of self worth. Uh, we all need that. In the old days, it used to be church and, and um, church groups and, and, and everything like that. Now that we're going into a uh, what is it? A secular society that um, ch- joining church groups is frowned upon. Um, so what else is there that gives people a sense of community? The only thing that's left is the, you know the, the, the gang lifestyle. Uh, where, you know, these individuals think that they have family or they have people who understand them there uh, because, you know, for for whatever reason and, you know, this is what we need to be focusing on. We don't need to be focusing on, oh, you know, there's right-wing extremists here and there's all these Trump supporters and all these Marga supporters are going to be a threat to democracy. Well, as I've said before, Australia is not a democracy. We're a constitutional monarchy. Uh, representative constitutional monarchy. You could say, you could argue maybe by stretching the term that we have a democratically elected representative government, Uh, though I think that would be a big stretch because remember the Labor Party got in with, what was it, 32% of the primary vote. Uh, So, yeah, it's... Um, but, you know, once we vote these people in, then we've got no other input. They pay no attention to, to anything that we say. All they do is do what the party wants. So that is definitely not a democracy. Yes, we've voted them to be our representative, but once they're in, they don't give a whoopty about us. Um, but, yeah, so, I not have that soapbox again. But, you know, this is the thing. I think this is uh, manufactured outrage. Um, uh, you know, there needs to be, uh, people fearing these things, um, uh, you know, so then obviously the, the corrupt corporate press is helping push that so that, you know, oh, we need to, be, oh, you know, there's all these, you know, right-wing extremists over here, so oh, how are we going to target that? Oh, let's give more money to the police. Let's give more money to the AFP. Let's give more money to ASIO to combat that. Um, So, I mean, it, it's a thing. What is it... Um, uh demand is outstripping supply at the moment, uh for with regards to that. Um, yeah, sure there may be handful of people here, there and everywhere and, and especially online that, that have those views um for that one. But yeah, I, I I can't see it being something that any you know that we should be concerned of. And and this is the other thing. Um why are we being upset by something that someone says? or some graffiti that someone's left. Uh, You know, I'd be more concerned when there's groups of them walking down the street knocking on people's doors. Um, You know, hang on, who did that in the past? Oh, that's right. Victoria Police did it with the Australian Defence Force. Walked down the streets in groups and knocked on people's doors and made sure they behaved and checked to see that they were home. So, uh, you know what, I'm more scared of that than I would be of of any, you know, right-wing extremists doing whatever they want. Um, because remember, the state has a monopoly on violence, and yeah, it, it's 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 the thing. So I, I think this is a manufactured crisis. Uh, we know that the watermelons have been pushing that a lot uh, with their parliamentary inquiry uh, for that. So yeah, it's it's something that yeah, I I, I, I think we're going to see a lot more of it over the next. Um, A couple of weeks, months, um, I think especially into next year, uh, depending on how things go over in the US, uh, because I think our corrupt corporate press is going to, um, uh, you know, do what they can to help, uh, you uh, you know, fuel this and get more people scared. So then we expect the state to do something to protect us, uh, for that one, now, um, two other things that I did want to talk about. Uh, there's a police officer uh, from the eastern region who's facing dangerous driving charges because he uh was supposedly putting down, uh, where was it? Uh, didn't say, I can't remember what road it was on. Um, dangerous driving charges so he's from uh he's one of the traffic coppers uh he's facing five charges that alle- allege he exceed the speed limits on june 18 in 2021 allegedly doing 20 to 30 k's above the speed limit in most in some cases uh he's also facing two charges of driving in a manner dangerous to the public and two cha- charges of driving at a speed dangerous to the public um uh, he's suspended with pay for internal investigation um, for that one. Now, there was something I meant, wanted to rant about this. Um, oh, I can't find that article. Anyway, I mean, you know, this is the thing. Like, he's he supposedly been given a whatever license that they say, you know, which uh, according to uh, the article that allows his person to drive at an unlimited speed, uh, he was in a souped-up, BMW, uh, one of their the the um traffic use. So you know you have to you have to ask yourself a question, first of all, what's he done that has caused this him to be focused on for this? Um yes, he was responding to, I think it was an officer in distress call uh for that one. So uh, you know, and his justification was when he was told that. Uh, he's, the training was that when that happens, you do whatever you can to get there. Um, so you have to wonder what he's done uh, outside of this that has caused this to be the focus of. And I mean, you know, you consider that um, we've had police officers kill people and they haven't faced this. They've only had an internal review and nope, that's it. All good, you did the right thing. It's under, you know, and all that sort of stuff. Um, still not sure about what happened. It was an acting sergeant or whatever it was that um, basically slammed that guy's head into the ground at Flinders Street Station, uh, cracked his skull and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, we've seen uh, the the copper out at um, Epping who hit someone with their car and then stomped on his head. He got off. So what's this guy done that has caused him to do this? And and there were no complaints. It only came from internal, so it was an internal complaint that was raised that has started it. So what's this guy done that has caused all this to happen and to face these charges and everything like that? Now, once again, to be clear, they should not be doing that. I do not believe that the state should have the the monopoly on committing violence, which also goes to the point of the state having the monopoly on what laws they can break and what laws that they can't. Um... And all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's. I think it, it's something that needs to be looked in a bit further. And I wish that there was a uh, decent investigative journalist that would do that and and look into it a bit further and find out what is actually going on there uh, for that one. So hey, we'll have to wait and see what happens. When do they say? Um, uh, nearly have to wait a year, face a wait of nearly a year as he contest charges over dangerous driving. Um, Uh, Charges from June last year. Um, Defence and prosecution agreed to an adjournment of the the case for an in-person hearing in Ringwood Magistrates Court at a later date. Um, Case was adjourned from October 17 to 19 next year. So, mate, that's a long wait uh, for that one. But anyway, uh, moving on, talking about ESG as I was talking about earlier on um, in line... Actually, no, it wasn't ESG. It was the central bank digital currency. Now, the other thing that is going to be reliant upon that one is the uh, government digital ID. Now, you can't have a uh, central bank digital currency without some sort of universally accepted government ID which is where the Medibank hack comes in. So we've seen the Optus one, now we've got the Medibank one. And don't be surprised if there's a couple more big names that pop out over, you know, the next month or so um, that's going to push people to saying, hey, we need some sort of, a system where we can give our ID to one source and then that source confirms our identity with whatever else and lo and behold, it's going to come out that, hey, we have this digital identity bill, you know, app or whatever it is that you can just sign up, confirm your identity with us and, you know, anytime you go and start a new, you know, open up a new bank account, you don't have to take in your 100 points of ID. All you have to do is show them this and our uh, API or whatever it is we'll line up with that, and then, you know, changing phones, don't worry about 100 points of ID, just, you know, sign up and show them your app, Um, so that's going to happen, and people are going to jump on that, because, oh, you know, we'll protect your information, we will protect it, we won't get hacked, and yet, yeah, the AFP got hacked, so who's to say that, look, it's going to be before the federal government gets hacked, so... Um, this is all part of the plan, folks, and we need to start waking up now and pushing back and saying no, regardless of what happens. And the other thing, um, start protecting your ID, start protecting your identity, start protecting things um in ways that you can. And that's obviously through VPNs and, and um protected messaging and all that sort of stuff. But mate, you need to get out there, you need to protect yourself. Um how you do it when you need 100 points for things, right? mate, um, just decide on, on what information that you are prepared to have compromised before you give that to them. Um, so that's the thing is that, you know, there's that old uh, adage is that, um, you know, it, the, the easiest way or the, the, the best way to keep a secret is to tell no one um, and that, you know, if you do tell someone a secret, you know, you'd be prepared for it to be shared um, for that one. I mean, how that goes, i probably massacred that. So, But anyway, um, yeah, so I think we need to start paying attention and, and putting pressure on the government to um, avoid this central bank digital currency because it's coming. Um, yeah, so anyway, um, can i going to wrap this one up now. Oh, 40 minutes, a bit of a longer rant today. Um, now, over the next couple of days, weeks and whatever else it is, uh, I am reaching out to... Uh, candidates who are running in the northeast metropolitan region uh, in the upper house for uh, the Victorian state election. I'm going to reach out to other candidates as well, though I am you know I live in, in that region, so they're the ones I'm going to be focusing on, uh, having a chat to them to see why I should vote for them uh, and all that sort of stuff. I've reached out a couple so far. Honestly, I'm not going to hold my breath for any of them to turn around and say, hey, yes, I'll talk to you um don't get me wrong i'll be surprised if they do i know and it will be a respectful discussion uh with them uh if they do though be warned it, it's not going to be uh you know blowing wind up the kyber and all that sort of stuff um i don't care who it is uh they're going to have awkward questions asked uh whether they answer them or not well that remains to be seen um i have a feeling that Uh, some of the questions that they won't answer because they won't understand or they won't know the answer to. And if that's the case, then that's a bad, um, uh, you know, a a bad thing for them um, because it shows them that they're not prepared. Um, And, you know, it's not going to be, you know, little bizarre questions because you know, like how are you gonna protect this, you know, the grey footed wombat who lives in whatever region. It's not not gonna be anything like that. It's going to be questions that are relevant to um, you know, the average Victorian, you know, at, at this election. So uh if you do have any questions that you would like us, I you know, I've got a couple, but I do want to get a couple more from listeners. So um feel free to send them across, uh, email to me. That's uh Cameron at the fifth dot estate uh, for that one now. If you do want my, uh, you do want to send it encrypted. I do have a public key uh, that you can find on what is it? Keys GPG or something like that. Hang on, let me dig that one up. Because uh, I use what do I use? I use uh, the GNU GNU PGP. Um, uh, what is it? GPG uh, GPG keychain. Uh, for that one, so you will find, uh, where am I, I can't find it, Cameron at the, Cameron at the Fifth Estate, so uh, it is, it is, I can't find it, anyway, um, you know, this is how I find it, I won't go through that, I'll have a look at my email. Um modern technology, don't you just love that? Um uh, sent it is available on keys.openpg.org. Uh so if you go in there and then you whack in my email address, which is Cameron at the fifth dot uh, you will get a copy of, you will get the, the public key there that you can use to encrypt the uh, email that you send uh, and that, or if you don't want to do it that way, uh, send me an email and just ask for the public key and then I'll respond to it uh, and uh, give you the public key that way, then you can encrypt it using uh, uh, OpenPGP. So from that one, uh, for that. But if you don't trust that, uh, I do have a Tutanota and a uh, Proton account. I do prefer the Tutanota one because they have, uh, I think they've got better security on their encryption. Uh, so, but that doesn't matter. And actually, I also what other ones do I have? I've got quite a few. Um, uh, what's the other one? Skiff. Uh, Skiff does uh, encryption. Uh, I've also got uh, three more messaging. So, if you want to contact me on that just send me an email and i'll send you my uh profile name and and all that sort of stuff uh my threema id so i'm also on signal but anyway that's all getting a bit uh in depth there but yeah if you want any of those communication methods or anything like that send me an email and i'll happily uh share that with you uh for that one so anyway um i think that's about it for this one uh Thank you for listening and, uh, yeah, get your questions in uh, that you want to ask candidates. I will be reaching out as well as to the, the local ones that are running in uh, North Metro. I will be reaching out to other ones to see if I could get uh, interviews and discussions with them uh, for that one. So, yeah, you know, there, there will be a lot coming up uh, over, over, you know, between now and um, Election Day in, what is it, 26th of November or 24th or whatever date it is in November. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, keep listening, folks. It's it's going to get interesting. So, anyway, as I said, thanks for listening and uh, until the next one, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Fifth Estate, the news behind the headlines. Until the next episode of The Fifth Estate releases, we'd love for you to leave a review wherever you go to for quality podcasts. And we'll keep holding those in power in check.